0: What's up, guys? Welcome back to Minnebroda with Tony and Ryan here recording from, once again, the Bedroom Studios. Uh, today we are thrilled to have Kyle Coolbroth on. He's a local businessman, uh, stereo entrepreneur, and was really, really interesting to talk to. Very insightful. Um, really, really enjoyed having a conversation with him.
1: Yeah, we had a really good talk about business, entrepreneurship, uh, the business climate during the global pandemic that's going on it was really interesting
0: yeah it was so thanks again kyle for being on and we'll roll the tape now
1: what's up guys welcome back to the minibroda podcast today we are joined by minnesota businessman kyle kubroth kyle founded coco uh it's in uptown was their first location i think you've probably seen them somewhere and now it's called fuel collective kyle how you doing
2: Good. How you doing, Tony? How you doing, Ryan? We're pretty Great. good. Great.
0: Yeah, thanks for joining us. How's uh how's quarantine treating you and the fam?
2: Um, well, you know, I started I started my whole dream of entrepreneurship with Coco on this idea that we could work remotely. I just didn't expect mm-hmm. all of us working from home. <laughs> right. Everyone. <laughs> yeah, so, all at once. I, I'm adjusting. I like to be virtual and I'm I'm a huge believer in you know, a mobile workforce, but wow, this is a, this is an extreme.
0: Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, also for everyone listening, um, disclosure, Kyle is Tony and my uncle, um, just so that that's out there, but, uh, yeah. So quarantine in the, in the workplace has been, um, obviously challenging for everybody. Um, how has that impacted field collective now?
2: Yeah, it's, it's impacted us, um, and really all bricks and mortar uh, businesses uh, significantly um, uh, I've worked with uh, our peers kind of across the country and globally actually uh, different ecosystem leaders and, and individuals running um, spaces like ours all across the globe and this is a this is truly a global thing um, mm-hmm. you know we built the business around an idea of bringing people together right and, right. and the idea of Bumping into people—it's um, really hard to do that when we have to stay six feet apart from each other, and and a whole lot of fear is in the environment. Um, so it's had a big impact on us. We closed um, on Governor Walz's first order of March 17th. We closed our doors. Okay. Um, we did reopen uh, uh, mid-April. Uh, under a very kind of restricted, limited use uh, basis. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's had a huge impact on us. And it's, I can tell you, it's had a huge impact on the small businesses in our space. Right. Yeah.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I can uh, attest to that myself being laid off. I was working for a small business. So uh, yeah, it's its crazy times we're living in. Yeah. And your so, small
2: business start, the business you were working at, yeah. started in one of the original Coco's. So that's kind of cool. It
0: did. Yeah, full, full circle, I had, yeah. yeah, I remember uh, talking to my boss about that, and he definitely remembered you. Um, so, yeah, that, that is it is cool how it comes full circle. Yeah. Um, so you guys started Coco. That was 10 years ago now, right?
2: Yeah. Yeah. So we started... Uh, we opened our doors on, uh, in January of 2010, had started the business in 2019, which ironically was at a point of recession, right? When we started, right. so yeah. our business was born out of a recession. Um, it clearly appears we are in and headed towards a significant recession here. Right. Um, so it'll be interesting for us We're, we've seen the, the full, you know, the full cycle here.
0: Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So what kind of gave you the idea to start Coco? Because looking at your uh, LinkedIn job history, um, you've obviously been a part of many different startups. um, And it's kind of seems to be a lot of architectural or home based things. What kind of gave you the idea to switch over to this collaborative co-working
2: space? Yeah. So I would describe myself uh, as a serial entrepreneur. Started mm-hmm. multiple businesses. Um, we've grown some. We sold some. We've lost some. we bought some. I've been kind of <laughs> live that life life uh, cycle, and yeah. um, had uh, so. If I go back to two thousand and eight, I was um, had just come out of working in a large corporation. I was. Mm-hmm. Uh, running the operations technology and innovation group for a large legal services business and i just kind of got it was great intellectual challenge but not very creative right and sure. uh wanted to get back to my creative roots and i looked around and started talking with my co-founding partner of coco uh mm-hmm. we had gotten together and met and said um you know what's going on this the mobile technology." Is really driving, so we can work anywhere. Now, ten years ago, mm-hmm. even then, it was still very, you know, technology was still evolving. Where right, that was probably the first point in time you actually could work anywhere. So we said mm-hmm. that was happening. Second thing was social media was for first kind of rolling out then, and mm-hmm. we joke that at that time. Uh, we could yell out the window and reach more people than we reached on our Twitter account. Uh, <laughs> uh, but, but, you know, social media was coming in being, and then, um, and then just a bad economy where entrepreneurs, uh, new businesses were being minted out of necessity. Um, mm-hmm. Those three elements came together. And what we observed at that moment in time is that people were, especially in the culture, U.S. culture, that, our identity is very much linked to the business we work for, the title we have at the business or zip codes, like all that is our personal identity. And what happens when all that's stripped away and it's just Kyle walking into a coffee shop, what right. we realize is what people really wanted and needed was belonging. And so when we started you know we had membership we didn't even really call it co-working back then um <laughs> you know it wasn't even it was a cause it wasn't an industry but all mm-hmm. those things kind of came together to form uh, our ideas for what coco would become okay and now and so we'll then yeah
0: right and so then i was just going to ask that so then it expanded and grew for and you ran under coco for like eight-ish years right yeah. before field collective came
2: exactly. what drove that change so when we came when it came time to Fuel Collective to rebrand, we were at a moment in time where the the um, the cause this idea of co-working together actually mm-hmm. became an industry, and a bunch of capital yeah. started to come in the industry. A lot of big um, competitors came in and started to you know really challenge us. Um, we were mm-hmm. one of the original first. Um, and all of a sudden you got all this competition. And so it started to get commoditized and we looked at that and we're trying to decide, do we, you know, do we go raise capital? Do we, um, you know, pivot? How do, how do we deal with this situation? Cause it had the business had evolved Mm -hmm. and at that time I met, met some individuals and we started talking about franchising, uh, the business. Um, where we didn't have to provide the capital to build the spaces and to carry it out globally. Um, mm-hmm. So at that moment in time, then we we identified that we just felt like Coco as a brand name was really cool, local, you know, it's right. kind of like the well-known brand. The problem mm-hmm. is legally it wasn't scalable. Um, there's, you know, Coco Chanel um, there's, Coco the movie by Disney, Conan O'Brien's, Coco's nickname, all these things. And we, and uh, our team kind of looked and go said, that's going to be a tough brand to defend at scale. Sure. And that's where we brought in um, a group out in New York who had the intellectual property of field collective. And we felt like that, that really, um, even better expressed kind of where the future was going to be going.
0: Sure. So then So Fueled Collective was already a company in New York then?
2: It was a, um, there was a creative agency by the name of Fueled, who had a little co-working space called Fueled Collective. Um, Got it. Not their primary business was kind of like ancillary to what they did. And so, um, so myself, uh, our partners on the franchise side and uh, the leader of Fueled the three of us got together and created what's now Fuel Collective and it, got it advanced the ideas. Yeah. Okay.
1: So with uh, franchising, how many like locations do you guys have now across the country and globe, I guess?
2: Yeah. So right now we're at six. Um, six. We were, we were ramping up to do quite a bit. Um, two things hit us, you know, from a small business standpoint, number one was uh, our largest competitor, WeWork. Um, mm-hmm. if you might've heard about it, others mm-hmm. on the podcast, oh, you yeah. about it. Um, they went for a very large IPO and failed mm-hmm. tremendously. Right. Yeah. That
0: was big time, big time flop.
2: It, and that caused a lot of, um, a lot of, uh, kind of like everybody asking, is this model still work anymore? Right. Because, sure. and, and so that slowed us down and then on the heels of that, here come COVID. So um so we're a little bit just kind of holding back a little bit right now and um you know taking care of our current locations Mm -hmm. that makes sense
1: what's the uh farthest one away from minneapolis right now um cincinnati and new york city oh i didn't know there's one in new york city that's cool
2: yeah i don't know that either yeah don't you isn't is there uh one in chicago too right We ended up, uh, we did have one there. That one we closed, uh, in September, the, uh, building, the entire building got bought out and somebody was that property in a different direction. And we decided we didn't have enough time to really, um, develop another location and address. So sure. Yeah.
0: That makes sense. Yeah. Uh, this last, what was it? Fall or winter? Um, at the downtown Minneapolis location, there was a fire, wasn't there?
2: Yes, there was.
0: <laughs> I remember getting text from uh, my mom, your sister, obviously, saying, "Coco's or uh, field collectors on fire! Field collectors on fire!" So, what was uh, what was happened there?
2: Happened. <laughs> um, we don't know totally, but there was a um, another tenant in in the first floor where there was an explosion. Um, it actually, if you look at it on the news, it was about a 30-foot fireball that shot out the side of the building. So it's significant. <laughs> um, and we were on the fourth floor. We had about, we had almost 200 people in our space at that time. It was uh early evening event. And we get the news and it went from a one alarm to a two alarm to a three alarm fire <laughs> with, shelter in place and i'm getting these calls and uh it was terrifying
0: Um, yeah that's crazy what's all taken care of now all good that's good that's good yeah that building is beautiful um that minneapolis the old grain
2: exchange it's so cool Mm. yeah yeah that's a great building we're lucky to find that one um that, that came to being, I don't know, it, you know, if you want to hear the story of how that location sure, came on sure. our map. Mm-hmm. Um, but we were about six months old in St. Paul. Tony, actually, St. Paul was our first one. Oh, um, my bad. That's all right. That's <laughs> I apologize. Uh, most people don't know that. Um, <laughs> but we were in St. Paul. We were six months old. We had about 30 members. I was still personally writing you know checks to cover expenses and not taking a salary so that's yeah i do that for Jeez. a while.
0: right there's your entrepreneurial side though
2: yeah um and one day i get a call it, minneapolis st paul or minneapolis uh, star tribune had done an article on us and i get a call from then mayor rt Ryback, and he said Jeez. hey i've been watching what you guys are doing i love it i want you in minneapolis how can i help That's cool. Wow, that was pretty cool, right? That's really cool. Um, and so, so then he said, "I've got this perfect place. I want you to come take a look at." So we started searching and we were looking, and he sent over the plans, or someone from his office did. And I looked at it and I went, "There's no way." Right? Yeah. Remember my (laughs) mindset was, "We're still writing checks. You take over this thing. We can't do it." So three times, I think it was three times I said no. And I finally then uh, said, all right, I'll meet you out there. He's like, just come meet me. I'll walk you through. I'll give you a tour. And we walked in the front doors <laughs> and kind of had that wow moment. And mm-hmm. Had to have it. Yep. Yep, exactly.
0: Yeah. Anyone who uh, has the chance to go look at that location, it's so worth it. It's so cool. Thank you.
1: Mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah so uh, how many different businesses or entrepreneurs do you guys cater to throughout the whole company
2: throughout the field collectives yeah um, there's thousands of small businesses and oh, entrepreneurs yeah okay
0: yeah because i was looking you guys kind of looks like you cater to like solo entrepreneurs freelancers but then also you have like small businesses
2: that work there too right yeah yeah small what? businesses growth businesses um and we even have enterprises who put remote teams um we have 30 plus 30 plus googlers that work there so google employees and Mm -hmm. um yeah
0: that's cool so do you know roughly like the ratio of to like solo people with memberships versus companies like is it more companies or is it more solo people
2: um when we started, it was almost entirely freelancers, solopreneurs, um, independents, um, mm-hmm. almost entirely that. Quickly it started to become small teams um, mm-hmm. and small companies. Over the last, I'd say three years, it's really shifted into small businesses that are growing. Um, a lot of tech, um, a lot of service-based businesses. Sure. And then a big part of what we've been doing is a lot of meetings and events too. So sure, um, it's really you know the business has changed over time.
0: Sure. So can like let's say I wanted to host a party there, mm-hmm. can I just like rent out the venue for x amount of time, or do I need a membership to do that?
2: Uh, no, you could. Uh, we have people do that all the time. Yep. Um, That's cool. Yeah. So you can you can totally do that. If you're, you don't have to have a membership to book a meeting room and we have a lot of people who, you know, are looking just to, I just got to get out of the office to get to a new place. And if Mm -hmm. you look at our spaces and you look at who's showing up, it's a great place to get new ideas. Uh, Right. So we do a lot of, do a lot of business with enterprises and companies from all across the state for that, even out of state. Mm -hmm.
0: That's cool. Mm -hmm. And then you guys just semi-recently started um this social club aspect right
2: yeah yeah so about the time we rebranded we had what we had observed um let me back up a little bit when we as the company had grown and we had seen our members member companies grow and kind of graduate and leave our space right they they Mm -hmm. started small and they grow and leave um we, we had noticed that there was one common theme is even though they left, they still wanted to belong and we didn't have anything to offer them. So that gave us insight into what if we had something that was social? Cause that's the logical place to connect. Sure. And then we said, well, what, what does social mean? Well, that means, you know, having more of a club feel to it where I can participate, there's programming uh, mm-hmm. and there's cocktails, you know, that that kind of yeah. naturally together. Um, sure, And that was the plan we, we ended up going with and uh, creating a social club on top of kind of like the co-working and meeting stack that we had built. That's so really cool. that's
0: like, so it's like basically a social membership that you buy and then you can attend this club basically. And it looks like it's in the afternoons slash evenings.
2: Is that right? Yeah, that's how we had done it. Um, and so... You know, what we were modeling after is we, we knew that there was this need, right? That our members who were leaving had told us this and, and some of the companies that, you know, came through our spaces, it's kind of the who's who of, uh, tech and entrepreneurship in the twin cities. And so True. one common theme we had seen over and over again is they would come in, they would build their team, but part of the fabric of their culture was our business. Right, it was, was our membership and our environment. Sure. And they would leave and they'd go, Well, now we're just in a, a tower, right? Right, right. <laughs> Office park. And it's like, where are all the other interesting people? And we miss belonging. So we looked at that and we and we kind of reflected on that. And when we started Fuel Collective as a brand, we looked back to the old British social clubs, which were very much about how do we they were business clubs for owners and operators and and employees um but they were places where you learned they were places where you socially became and civically became engaged uh and they um and and they always had you know food and beverage as part of kind of the core and so we borrowed all that and brought it forward that's That's really cool yeah that's interesting so do you guys have to go
0: out and get a liquor license then and and all that are you more or less a
2: bar that you have to be a member of we do yeah so it's not a you can't walk in uh off right. the street and sit down and you know get a right. shot tequila um <laughs> it, was, it, it was very much uh very much member based on that front uh members bring okay. guests, gas um, and, and that's what we were doing we opened our first uh test model of the whole design and if you look at our website If you look at the um, Cincinnati location, that was the first one that was fully designed from top to bottom to be the social club and the working and meeting venue. And just to give you an idea, that location, we would run about 80 events a month. Holy cow. So nearly about 4,500 people a month would walk through those front doors and, you know, It would be a 100-person private dinner. It would be a real estate continuing education credit Mm -hmm. kind of thing. The lawyer bar met there, and it it just became the swirl of of small business work and social intersection. That's really cool. It is. Thank
1: you. You uh, mentioned earlier that you have a big chunk of uh, Google employees working with you guys. Uh, A couple years ago, didn't you get to go out to Google's headquarters or something? I remember what was that story?
2: Yeah, so um, this is a fun story. This will this relates <laughs> to the the same similar to the call of RT Ryback was um, almost eight years ago. Um, so right after we moved into uh, downtown the grain exchange mm-hmm. property, get a call one day, and it's um, uh, Eric Schmidt, um, then CEO and chairman of Google. Jeez. Uh, called and said hey we've seen you guys we like what we're doing can we come see you so there's a little (laughs) pattern right of things that happen um, which for everybody anybody listening to this is like entrepreneurship sometimes you see a vision in the future that others don't yet realize and you can you know you can see it you can touch it you can taste it, it, it it's so real to you Um, Mm. but you're always bringing that into today's reality, even though you're living in the future. And, um, so thank God a very forward thinking company like Google saw that anyway, so Eric came and spent a day with us and visited with our members. Um, and, uh, that was the beginning of a partnership and we are still partners with Google. So, Mm. um, I'm, I would get to go up to Google's headquarters at least once or twice a year. Um, that's so cool. Yeah. And we're now part of that idea is now part of something that's called Google for startups, which is a global program that includes about a hundred ecosystems, literally across the globe. So this is a matter of fact, when we're done here today, I'm getting on another zoom with, uh, the fellow partner in Sao Paulo and, uh, Mexico city. And, that's cool. um, we're, we're sharing ideas and, and things. So, so that's, that's how cool. that started. And, uh, awesome. we've been partners with them and served entrepreneurs, um, ever since then. That's really that's cool. Really cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: So stepping back from the business side of things and going more towards you personally, um, obviously, like you said, serial entrepreneur. Um, how so? Knowing, I mean, this this goes into family dynamics because um, how, how much would you say have you learned that that spirit and mentality from your dad and our grandpa?
2: Um, quite a bit. Um, yeah, I think that um, matter of fact, this is you know, if I if I write a book at some time in the future it's going to be something to the effect of the, the founder's founder. Um, sure. And this yeah. this idea that growing up in a home where um, m- my dad created uh, mm-hmm. my entire life, like he created and started stuff from nothing seemed very normal to me, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> which so many of my friends and peers, that was not a normal thing. You go get a job, sure. you go do your work. And and um, so I think growing up that that was very normal to me. I also learned the cost of that, um, you know, the both developing kind of a, a risk tolerance, but also understanding that cost of the risk and the work that has to go into it. Uh, sure. When you build a business, you, you put it all in, right. And, it, and you don't, when you walk out the door, it doesn't stay at the office, right? Mm-hmm. Always mm-hmm. up in your head. Right, um, so it's with you all the time. Yeah,
0: yeah, that's a good it's question yeah, for sure. Yeah, and I mean, obviously, Tony and I were both close with him, and can can or at least I definitely noticed that side of him. And so mm-hmm. I can only imagine growing up with him as your direct father is all that much more powerful.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was. He had a he had a huge impact, and I it, I tell you, I I miss he was my mentor in so many ways. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and I miss being able to just call and say, yeah. well, here's what I'm doing, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, wow. So as a, uh, as a, um, you know, a founder and a entrepreneur, it's so important to have mentors like that in your role that will, that will speak truth into you um, in some of your most challenging times. For mm-hmm. sure. For sure. Uh,
1: was he? Now, Grandpa died in 2013. Was it? When was it? Yeah. So yeah. he saw he saw Coco like
2: start, start and grow. absolutely. He was there. Um, the last event he attended was um, the announcement of our Google partnership, uh, oh. which was uh, you know it was attended by uh, then again yeah, that was a
0: big event.
2: It was huge. It that was about the, almost yeah. 500 people. Uh, um, nice. it had uh Senator Amy Klobuchar was there. We had uh Mayor Ryback. We had I think Mayor Chris Coleman from St. Paul was there. Um, I was there, I think you were there, yeah. <laughs> Ryan Levon, podcast Big name host, here, I know yeah. <laughs> you were breaking the story back then. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Advanced <Yeah>. research, yes. <laughs> Uh, do you have any advice you would give to anyone who's trying to start their own business or any words of wisdom you'd like to share with them?
2: Yeah. Oh man. There's so <laughs> I'm sure much. You've got a lot. There is so much. Um, I, I think a couple of things, I think, um, you know, number one, if, if you feel like this is inside of you, you need to, you need to pursue it. Right. And, and I think mm-hmm. that, um, um, matter of fact, Gino Whitman, who wrote the book, Traction Entrepreneur Operating System, which a lot of companies operate under small businesses and entrepreneurs, mm-hmm. he just wrote a book called Leap. Um, I'd encourage people to read that book. Um, it talks about kind of, if it's inside of you, you know, making that first step, right? And, and uh, moving forward on your dream or I, your idea. Um, And I'm all I'm all for that. I do highly suggest people when they do take that step, know that everybody's not an entrepreneur. Sometimes you don't know it until you try it. Right. (laughs) Mm -hmm, Uh, But once you make that step, like you've got to um, you got to put both feet in. I see too many people who try to keep, you know, one foot in each canoe. Right. The analogy. And mm-hmm. that ends in a disaster. You got to get in the canoe and you got to start rowing and, um, y- y- you just gotta be, y- y- you have to stay. It takes a lot of work. It takes a lot of work. It doesn't just happen. Um, so be passionate about what, a, whatever idea you have, mm-hmm. um, uh, continue to try to see things in the future be very responsive to today Um, uh, because your your customers and your members and in whatever business you're in, they're giving you direct feedback about what you're doing. Um, And at the end of the day, very few of us are such geniuses that we can just like go and find the perfect solution. So it's Mm -hmm. this kind of combination. The advice is always keep your head in the future, but your feet planted in today, you know, and keep, Mm. keep working it right, keep working it and be willing to adjust your ideas. Um, that's a, that's a big part of it. And then surround yourself with people way smarter than you. Uh, I've seen too many, uh, founders who try to do and be everything and Mm -hmm. you simply can't know what you do well, and then surround yourself with the other people as soon as you can. Um, surround yourself with people who are way better at the other things than yourself. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Yeah. I like that.
2: That's really good.
0: Yeah. And that, that piece of adapting, obviously um, like we've been talking about with uh, Coco and field collective, how you've been adapting to keep everything relevant, to keep the business running as well as like now we're sitting here 10 years later and it's operating well. And it sounds like a great success story, which it is, but, so many people look at that and they forget the last 10 years and all the hard work and all the labor that you have put into it and everyone else on your team has put into it. So yeah, I think that, that advice is uh huge.
2: Yeah. 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 Love love what you do, you know, and, and that mm-hmm. gets you up each day.
0: Uh,
2: yeah. yeah. Awesome. That's
1: really cool. Um,
0: yeah. Any uh, advice for, myself as a recent grad or Tony as a almost high school grad, uh, with our lives ahead of us, if you would.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Um, I'll share, I'll share a a quote for, um, so I got to know, uh, the woman by the name of Megan Smith. She was, she led, uh, Google's innovation team and what's called Google X. Um, she, I asked her this very question for Sydney and Elena, my two daughters, Mm -hmm. what would you you suggest? And she said, remember life is long. And I I just, that really stuck with me. Um, and, you know, God willing, it's long for all of us, but you know, that mindset, that especially in the U S that we got this hustle fallacy, we just got to work harder and and do more and do now. Um, Mm. so I can have everything right now um takes take some time and find out what that is that really you're gonna you're gonna thrive in um get Mm -hmm. exposed to a lot of stuff you you know if you'll if you love art check out a little science and see what the other side of that is you know kind of get a broader exposure to things because things start to connect then and you find your tribe within those different areas. Um, yeah. so I just, just encourage you. I, I see so many that come out of come out of college and they want to jump into <laughs> work and they're going to like, I just want to drive. And they just drive headlong into it. And all of a sudden it's like, wait a minute, what am I doing here? Um,
0: sure.
2: so just remember life is long. expose yourself to a lot of stuff And most important. I, I think, um, my business coach, taught me this is, um, be interesting. And yeah. because that draws you into more things, right? Making uh-huh. more, yeah. uh, more becomes possible and in see, how do you become interesting? We have to find interesting <laughs> things and, and get involved right. in and do it. Um, so that's, that's my advice to you, too.
0: I I like that. I appreciate that.
1: (laughs) That's interesting for right now, especially because everyone has a ton of time to explore themselves and find out what they like, what they don't like, what they're passionate about. So it's a perfect time right now to start doing that.
2: Yeah, yeah. And for any of the readers uh, of your who like to read, um, I started something years ago that I would just highly recommend is rather than reading a single book all the way through or a genre that I like to read, I have different days are different subjects. So Sunday's faith, Monday's business, Tuesday's philosophy. And what happens is you're reading different books and you start, you start crossing those channels and wow, it's amazing how many.
0: I like that.
2: That's really interesting. I've, I've,
0: as you both know, I've never been huge into reading, but that actually really appeals to me because I could never sit down and read a book cover to cover. So I like that idea.
2: If, if you look behind me, I have an entire wall. full. <laughs> <of
0: books. laughs> yeah. Just a couple back there. Yeah. Just
2: a few.
0: <laughs> awesome. Well, uh, that should just about do it for us. We really appreciate you being on with us today, Kyle.
2: Yeah. Thank you for having me. And congrats yeah, no for doing so mean, awesome. this. Like this is, uh, This is a first step. This is really cool. Good for you. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.
0: Yeah. Thanks again, Kyle, for being on. Uh, It was great talking to you. Really enjoyed your insights and our conversation. Uh, We're going to roll a quick ad here and then Tony and I will be back to wrap things up.
1: Thank you one more time to Kyle for coming on the show. Thank you to you guys all for listening to this episode. I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, I certainly did. We had a good time, a good talk with him about business, and it was a, it was a good episode.
0: Yeah, for sure. Thanks, Kyle, for joining us. Uh, we really appreciate it. Make sure you stay tuned for the next one. we got more good content coming down the pipe for you during quarantine. Peace. Peace.